0: Welcome to the Shore Sports Network podcast network. That's a working title. We're just getting this thing going underway. We're here with Josh Mel. I'm Matt Manley. Josh is the athletic director at Friel Borough High School. He's also the director of the Boys Shore Conference Tournament in 2023. And that is noteworthy because it's a very different looking tournament this year from what we're used to. And we wanted to spend a few minutes with Josh just to get some of the backstory of this new format and maybe some of the particulars to this year which has been unique in a lot of different ways because of results weather and and really just because it's the first time we're seeing this format. So just to do a quick synopsis of what this tournament looks like before we get into it with Josh it's you have in years past it would be anybody 500 or better, would qualify for the short conference tournament. And then you play a typical tournament based on those teams that were seated and matched up. And you play a, a pretty normal, steady run of the mill bracket. This year is different in that in order to determine those teams that are in the tournament, there is pool play a la the World Cup. So you have 11 groups. The short conference has 45 teams. You have 11 groups, four teams per group, except for one group that has five you play pool play and the top two teams from each group advance to the knockout round. And then starting on, I think it's October 9th, the tournament seated on the 6th and then October 9th, the tournament starts with 22 teams seated by a committee based on a whole bunch of resume factors. So that's how you get to the 22. It's much different than years past. It adds a little juice to the regular season because you have these group play games interspersed into the regular season schedule so to get into it josh this this has been an idea that's been floating around for a lot of years why did it happen when it did and how did you guys go through some of the the red tape i guess that sometimes stops creative or new ideas from happening in the short conference why did this idea happen when and how it did
1: yeah so first of all thanks for having me on um I know I speak on behalf of the short conference when I say that everyone appreciates the work that you put into short conference sports in general, but especially short conference soccer, you know. Um, so this this was a long time coming, right? This isn't something that just happened overnight. Um, you know, it was uh, as a former longtime head coach and coach in the short conference at Freehold Township, I had heard of the idea being floated around by Ocean coach long time ago, Tom Riley. Um, It didn't really have any sort of um, legs to it. There wasn't any sort of specifics to it. But I thought personally that it was it was a really cool idea. You know, um, you know, so basically you got to go back about five years. Right. So going back five years ago when I was still a head coach, um, I had approached um, my partner in crime, Will Sunderman, um, uh, who's the athletic director at Pineland's. Um, who, you know, was the president of the short conference, um, you know, former soccer coach himself. And we, we we started talking about this and we started talking about the idea of, of making it a lot like the world cup and that um, we wanted to take a lot of subjectivity out of the room uh, at seating meetings, because um, you know, some years you have 30 teams in some years you have 26 teams in. Um, and we, we thought that the idea was, was viable, but there was a lot of research and a lot of work that needed to go into it. So, um, you know, I brought a lot of people into this into the conversation, just trying to figure out what the idea would look like in, in conception versus practicality. Um, so going back to um, this 2019 season, we we had really come up with an idea of how to do it, you know, based upon PowerPoints, based upon, um, you know, putting teams into pods like you have in the World Cup or groups, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then COVID happened. So we had a meeting um with the short conference soccer committee um which is comprised of athletic directors and coaches and then covid happened so that threw a, obviously a huge monkey wrench into everyone's plans but um coming out of that it, it gave us some some infinite time to reflect and try to figure out how we were going to implement this moving forward so when uh, when i became an athletic director and um you know we started having more and more conversations about it Um, I brought in a lot of the coaches who, you know, kind of really have been instrumental in in talking about this with me. And that's Steve Torrey from Lacey, um, Jeff Soros from from Rumson Fairhaven, Ryan Morris from Marlboro. Um, And we just talked a lot about, you know, what's the fairest way to do this? And ultimately, what would benefit all teams in the short conference? Not, Not the top teams, not the bottom teams, all teams. So, you know, we talked about the fact that we had brought the coaches cup into this. And that either way, you're going to have a team who has an opportunity to compete for something meaningful. So, and just um, to
0: stop, just to clarify, the coaches cup is, is sort of like a consolation. You guys have had it for a couple of years. It's teams that don't make the short conference. If they want to enter the coaches cup, it's a tournament style play, and it's going to exist this year for the teams that don't make it out of group play.
1: Correct. Um, and you know, the coaches cup has been resoundingly successful. Um, you know, I could speak to it with my own school last year and, um, You know, we were in a North, um, you know, and then, you know, obviously a a very tough division, arguably the toughest division in the state. Um, And then Borough won the coaches cup, you know, and it it propelled them into the state tournament. It gave them meaningful games to play. Um, And we just, you know, again, the coaches cup is opportunity, right? It's opportunity. It's something like, um, like you said, it's a consolation tournament, but no one treats it like a consolation tournament, right? It's, it's totally um, all hands on deck and just competitive, so it's it's a great thing that we have going on in the short conference. Um, but going back to the uh, the pods and how we came to this, we took three years. We felt the fairest way to do it was to get a you know a snapshot was three years of PowerPoints. Um, everyone then generated a number. and then coming out of that number, we seeded teams across the board snaking all the way from group one to group 11 and then back across um and that's how we came up with our, our format and, and another thing that you know coaches had had reached out to to me and you know in dialogue about what that was really important is you don't want to play teams in your own division in in this in this group stage right or in this pool play because again you see those teams enough um and over the years you know there's sometimes when I was coaching I'd see teams three and four times right short conference tournament state tournament uh, in your own division so that was another critical component that you know everyone unanimously agreed about. So, um, you know, we we presented this to the coaches um in its in, in its current format, in its entirety, um, right after the season ended last year in um late November. And, you know, we sent out a survey to coaches and uh I think 89% of the entire Shore conference was heavily in favor of trying this. Uh so once we had like the actual um data um that people supported this, we then um started a conversation with the athletic directors. Um, And then we brought it to the executive committee Um, and, you know, the executive committee was very forward thinking, Um, you know, they, they passed it and, um, and here we are and it's, and it's been really exciting. And, you know, the buzz around, it's been great around the state. Um, The conversations between coaches, between players, between, you know, ADs has been resoundingly positive. I mean, obviously it's the first year, right? Anytime you do something the first time you're going to have little wrinkles to work out Um, and, you know, but um, so far so good.
0: Yeah and my conversations with coaches have pretty much reflected that 89% like and it's not just like going up to coaches and saying hey what do you think about this it's it's not really the response of yeah i like it it's mostly i love it i think it's great i think it's it's different it's something new and and that runs pretty much across the board from like good public school coaches of good public school established programs to coaches of maybe lesser programs the exceptions have been the powerhouse teams like a cba a freehold township girls it's understandable how they would be a little lukewarm about this idea because you're playing teams that you would not have on your schedule they want to play higher level teams they're you know both top ranked teams in the state so they're they're the ones that have to kind of bite the bullet on this and who knows for free old township, maybe on the girls' side going forward, maybe they don't have this issue with it because it's a public school team. They may not cycle in, you know, all American, uh, all state level talent every year. Uh, but CBA, you would imagine this is something that is going they're gonna to tolerate more than they're going to uh, enjoy. But listen, they're you know, if you talk to Tom Mulligan, their coach, he's very go with the flow. It's kind of like, whatever, if this is what we want to do, we'll figure it out. And they have enough people to figure it out. So that was, I guess. For somebody wondering who might have who might have pushed back against this, it's it's the big teams. It's the teams that say, well, we would rather schedule, you know, teams from Pennsylvania or a Delran or you know a Seton Hall prep rather than having to play three teams in our pod who we wouldn't play otherwise.
1: Yeah, and um, to that point, I think that's you know that's very fair, and um, we took that into consideration too, and that's why we wanted to give them the flexibility, um, you know, especially me personally being the former coach of freehold township and playing a lot of the top teams in the state during the regular season and knowing
0: you guys might've fit in that group. once. Yeah.
1: But, but also knowing Tom and knowing CBA and, and, um, Dave, obviously as my contemporary, um, and a good friend of mine, um, we didn't want to take those opportunities away from anybody. So, you know, we, we tried to really consider their perspective. And if you look at the state PowerPoint formula, um, it's your top 12 games, right? Right. So one of those things that we we thought about long and hard, too, is like we didn't mandate when you had to play the games. Yes. So it's we gave everybody, station. you know, till the cutoff uh, to play those games. So if you want to go play in Mountain Seas, if you want to go play like uh, CBA just played against Del Rand in Pennsylvania on a Sunday. Um, we wanted to give those teams those opportunities, um, especially and it's good for the short conference. Right. I mean, you have some of these teams that are nationally ranked. Um, that are the pride of New Jersey. So we don't want to take those opportunities away from anybody. Um, so we felt also it was critically important to give those ADs and those coaches the schedule up front and then have give them carte blanche to schedule it before October 6th. So, um, you know, I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, those teams, um, sure, maybe you're not going to play some of those teams in the regular season if, you know, you had the normal traditional schedule, but um, those games probably won't count in their top 12.
0: Yeah. And the reality is, for, if a team is that good, if you're talking about a Freehold Township girls this year, CBA pretty much every year, the teams that you're going to play in your pod that you might not otherwise play, especially a, a private school team like CBA, you should be able to play your second team and get out of there with a win against against the bottom of your pod. Maybe you get a team that's on the upswing one year and you have to grid it out a little bit, but mo- th- like that, problem is probably shouldn't be a big deal to the point where if you're cba you could theoretically schedule a back-to-back you know play a pod game on a monday and have a division game on a tuesday and you should probably be okay so like i i think when you're you guys were mapping this out it was probably wise to take that into consideration but not worry about it too much because ultimately those programs will be fine um and i think that's that's what we found so far in the early, uh, in the early workings of this tournament, which I want to get to, uh, so far where everybody's played a group game so far, if I'm not mistaken. And I would say about half the teams have played multiple, mm. um, what stood out? I mean, you're not in it as a coach anymore, but had what's kind of jumped up and kind of caught your eye, whether it's on the play on the field or whether it's just the way that things have played out so far, have you been able to gather anything based on the results that have happened so far?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it. for me, I mean, obviously I, lo- I just love the game, right? So I'm, I'm going and seeing games that, you know, um, I'm not even at, I'm not even scheduled to be at. Right. So um, just the, the intensity of the game in the regular season kind of has that feel of, of a tournament game, you know, and uh, I yeah. think that's cool. And the, and the other thing that's really cool is, uh, you know, Roger um, Dommel, who's the assigner, he's been fantastic in in trying to accommodate this entire thing. And and the referees are well aware uh, of the fact that it's a, it's a, a qualification type match, right? So um, the, the games, I think it gives everyone an opportunity to compete in the regular season. Um, like it's the postseason. Um, and it's not, but I mean, it gives everybody that kind of that edge, um, just hearing from my own kids in the hallway, they're pumped up, you know, they, they get to play teams, uh, that they might not get to play in the regular season. Normally, uh, I, I got, you know, multiple coaches who reached out to me, uh, before we even started the season talking about how in 25 years or 20 years of coaching, they've never played any of those teams. Um, and, and now it's, you know, it's kind of, um, a unique opportunity for them and their kids. Um, so I think, you know, Ultimately, from what I've seen personally and what I've heard, um, it's it's just been really, really cool, really, really positive. Um, And some of the games that I've gone to just as a spectator, um, you kind of see that there, too. Um, So I think as we head deeper and deeper into um, the actual postseason, you get you get whittled down into these teams that are supposed to be there and they've earned the right to be there. You know, one of the things is that 500 record um, that used to exist too. it's like, it didn't really tell the true story of a team necessarily, right? Because we all play different schedules. There's different PowerPoints involved. There's different factors of just scheduling, right? From your athletic director and who you picked up, who you didn't pick up. Um, So I think now it's like, if you get there, you deserve to be there you know, um, and it didn't really matter. Yeah, there's, yeah,
0: you, there's a way to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not, it's not I, a 500 record is a way to get in too. But like you said, not all schedules are created equal. And as you brought up with Freehold Borough last year, it was, it was a team that had a record, I think a game over 500 outside of the division and in the division, they they didn't win a game. So like right. that's, they got stuck with very good teams on the schedule built in and they had to kind of go manufacture wins somewhere else. So a couple particulars about this year. So the big thing, the big monkey wrench so far has been the weather. And we'll start by, pref- we'll preface it with this. In the rules, there was kind of this vague language about wild cards. Now, initially, it's just 22 teams in the knockout round. That's two from each group. But there is some vague language in there about wild card teams that would bump up that knockout round field to more than 22, whether it's 23, 24, on down the line. Mm. one of the things the scenario I kind of assumed would be if there was this tiebreaker that came down to fair play points which is yellow cards red cards um and it was you're talking about the a margin of one card for two teams that really didn't have any yellow cards to speak of but now we see a scenario that where you could have wild cards in play is this weather instance and we'll get into some of the scenarios within that in a second but is this an example of something that could trigger that wildcard exception where we will see more than 22 teams?
1: Potentially. Yeah. Um, You know, there's no, there's no definitive way of knowing um, until we get through pool play, but we, we did want to keep that open-ended, especially the first year because we wanted to give, you know, teams an opportunity and like, we're not trying to exclude anyone from the tournament, you know, but when you look at um, pool play, so like some teams are, obviously you mentioned that group of five, right. There's a, there's three teams in that group that could potentially have the same record. Right? Yeah. And
0: that to that group is Ocean, Rumson, Fairhaven, Middletown, South, Lakewood and Keyport. And, you know, I think the three that we expect to be in the mix are Ocean, Middletown, South and Rumson, but you look at Lakewood, they just tied Point Burrow. They're always, Lakewood is always an, a tough team to play. So they could throw a wrench into this whole thing as well. But uh, going back to your point, yeah, that's, that is, a, that is the group I think everybody has their eye on right now for something crazy happening.
1: Yeah. Without a doubt, you know, Lakewood is absolutely always a, a tough team to play. Um, you're in, you're out. Um, but um, yeah, we, we wanted to keep that open-ended because we we really wanted to see how this played out. You know, we wanted to see how the groups played out, whether there's a need to do that. Um, you know, the fair play points is something obviously that's done at the international level. Um, but, you know, to the, sh- to us in the shore conference, the executive committee on down to every athletic director, you know, sportsmanship is a priority, right? We're we were the first um conference in the state to implement a yellow card rule. Um, and and the real purpose of that was to cut down on dissent, right? We don't need players talking to the officials. We don't need p- certain um, you know, you watch a professional game, um, right, and there's a there's a lot of conversation, there's a lot of stuff going on, but um we're we we've been really proactive in in getting that kind of eradicated out of our game. I mean, you know, we ultimately, um, the fair play fair play points, you know, we'll see if they come into play, but they were just designed to give coaches just a reminder and, and players a reminder that, you know, sportsmanship's a priority. So don't, don't cost yourself a spot in the tournament because you took red cards or double yellow cards or things that just were completely unnecessary. Um, But going back to wild cards, I mean, I think we have to wait to see once all the pod games are played to see where we stand, Um, you know, and and we want we're not going to exclude anybody that deserves to be there. Um, But at the
0: same time, and we've had this discussion, you also want to make the group games matter. So you don't want to just say, well, this team, this team's really good you know, this was a really hard group we put them in and they're really good. Let's just throw them in. You, you all, you want those games to matter. Even like the group I look at that's turned out to be the group of death. In my opinion is Homedale, Howe, Central, Manchester. Central has not lost a game yet <laughs> and they were the fourth seeded team in that group. So right. they have, they haven't lost in their schedule, but they still have to play Homedale and Howe, who were top five teams in the shore. So like, you don't, I, I I imagine you don't want to look at this like, well, Central's good. Let's just put them in. It's more just, it, if there are extenuating circumstances, that's what the wild cards would, that's right. when the wild cards come into play.
1: Yeah, we're not just going to be like, well, this team had a really good year, you know, but they didn't win their their pod. Like, no, that's, that's we're still keeping, you know, the criteria that we established. Um, but, you know, going back to what you said about that group specifically, right? Like, that's the, that's the excitement behind all this right like yeah central based upon three years of powerpoints is is the fourth team in that group and they're arguably one of the hottest teams in the short conference right now right so um that that's the really cool thing about it too is like um you know the the groups are going to change every year um you're you're not going to be in the same group so you know you move up you move down whatever it is but everyone still has the same opportunity um but with the wild cards you know we have to wait and see you know, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be like hey, you had a great regular season and you didn't do well in the pod like no, the criteria is still there um but um yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: yeah and the the once and one thing that I think people have to and I think officials have to remember this sometimes because I think you know I won't name the game specifically but I've I've seen a po- a, a, a group play game where I felt like an official watched a play that could have a, a potential p- a penalty that could have gone either way. And given what the score was, it was one sided at the time, let it go. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I, I'm not saying that they've made that decision consciously, but sometimes as a, as an official subconsciously, you know what the score is and you see a team that was dominating, maybe take a fall on the box and you might say, eh, we'll let that one go. But in this pool play scenario, you, you kind of have to be on top of every call because you have gold differential, like these gold differential is part of the, is a tiebreaker. So you kind of have to be on top of it and to that point one of the things that happened and this to me this is the biggest development of the of the weather day the lightning day more so than you know Raritan losing 1-0 in a game that didn't finish or and that that's that's bad for them that's a very bad break for a Raritan or Brick Memorial was down by two goals with like 30 minutes left but i think as much as much as that's big even bigger is we go back to that five that five team pool you had ocean play keyport and that game ended 2-0 so they got the they got the 3 points but they that's 30 minutes they didn't have to score more goals so if ocean gets bounced by a rums if they finish let's say tied with rumsen for second in the group and rumsen adva- rumsen has the advantage on goal differential i imagine that's got to be something you guys consider where ocean comes in and says listen we didn't that's 30 minutes we didn't have to add more goals to our differential
1: sure i mean you know and again we
0: have to we have to let that play out first but i'm just painting a hypothetical
1: yeah. And listen, um, you know, I think these are all part of conversations we will have, you know, um, once everything's played out. Um, obviously, um, you know, unfortunately, right. Every every athletic director, tournament director can't control the weather. It'd be, you know, it'd be right.
0: nice. But, um, you know, I don't think so anyway. Haven't no, you? no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> still working on that investigative piece on the weather machine. You guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. You guys may or may not have um, access to, you know, I thought obviously. You know, if you look at all of these games that have played out that are tournament games, the only day where we had that happen was one was a Monday. Right. It was uh, yes. nine, it was 9-11. Um, so fortunately, that's been the case so far. And I think uh, the other thing, too, is like a lot of athletic directors and coaches have been very, very, smart and proactive to to move games off of days where they know whether it could be a factor. Right. Yeah. Now, Certainly you can't predict thunderstorms. Those are. And thunderstorms are different because they might come, right. they might not. Right. They might Who not knows? come. They they come. They pop up. Right, scatter. It's not um, like it's raining right. all day. No, yeah. no, certainly not. Um, but um, you know, I think ultimately, when you when you talk about the weather and and these factors, um, we've been pretty lucky so far. Uh, hopefully, you know, we have no other issues for the for the remainder of, of pool play. But um, you know that those are just bad breaks. You know, and that could happen in any any regular season game. You know. Um, and it, you know, it happened to me as a coach many years ago, uh, in the regular season where it worked to my advantage, where we didn't finish the first half and then we had to make up the game and we, you know, we were losing, um, uh, when we played that game and then we made up the game and we wound up, you know, winning that game. Um, so, you know, that's been clarified with coaches too. I just, you know, we sent out an email a couple of weeks ago, just clarifying what the regular season rules and what the postseason rules are, because there were a lot of questions about that too, right? Because, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before we got on that, um, in the state tournament or in, or even in the short conference tournament, the game stops for lightning, but then resumes at the point yeah, of interruption. Yeah. But in the regular season, if you get to the second half, that's, that's a result, yeah. right? If the game is called. So that's a bad break certainly for, for some of those teams. Um, you know, my uh, obviously we don't want that to happen to anybody. Um, but you know, those are, those are definitely considerations at the end of, uh, at the end of pool play. Um, but the other to your point too, earlier about goal differential, um, we didn't want teams to have the ability to to run the score up, right? Right, and there,
0: to clarify, there is a cap of six on goal differential. So if you win nine nil, you only get credit for six. So there's no incentive to go past six. Right. But from you know, from a team that was up two nil, and you know, Keyport is a B Central team. They've had some losses already this year that have in which they've given up some goals. So Ocean had to probably think, yeah, we could have added a couple more. That that was more. But yes, to your point, like Ocean, it's not like Ocean could say, well, we're going to score ten.
1: Right. And we didn't we didn't want the ability to to uh, have anybody run the score up on anybody. And, um, you know, I I think, you know, getting goes back to that sportsmanship aspect. uh, You know, one of the things that we thought about, too, as soccer coaches is, you know, you get to that third game and you're looking at that goal differential. We don't want someone to be like, well, if I score 10 goals in this team, that moves me up to number one or if, you know. So we wanted to eliminate that. And we thought, you know. If you look at youth soccer, you know, watching my kids play too, like once you get to five, six goals in a youth soccer game, you're not allowed to score anymore. So yeah. um we that just that
0: was that was the right move, yeah.
1: You know, we just we didn't want anyone to to take that and and you know, use it. Not that we felt anybody specifically would, but we just wanted to clarify that too. Um, you know, yeah, it's not
0: like I it is against you know people's better judgment to do that in most instances but you're if you're incentivized to score 10 goals you, you you might go do it yeah so i think it was important to put that in
1: yeah right absolutely like if you if there if that wasn't in there and someone you know they'd be well within their right to do that whether morally that's right or ethically that's yeah. right is a different conversation but we wanted to really clearly um illustrate that to to the coaches and the ADs that it doesn't matter you know what your score is you're only going to get credit for 6 goals in in a game as a, you know
0: yeah Two specific things I want to ask about, and then I'll we'll wrap it up. Um, the Marlboro Tom's River East game. So there were a couple games that finished that were stopped due to lightning in the first half, and the rules are pretty clear. If you don't get to halftime, it's a total restart. So like Tom's River South was beating Monmouth Regional two to one before halftime. That game restarts from the beginning. Same with Hal and Homebelt zero zero. We'll get to that one in a second. But the Tom's River East Marlboro game got to the second half was zero zero and there is some language in the short conference rules that says if a game is tied in the second half it goes to a restart you guys the, the decision was levied that that game will count as a draw just how did that how did that decision get made
1: Yeah we went to we went right to the NFHS rule book and um that's where where it says like if if the it says plainly in the in the language that if a, if a game gets the second half it's a final game. So, you know, we just, we just went straight off. I believe it, I think it's rule seven uh, in the rule book um, that, you know, the game is a draw, right. And it's a regular season game, um, even though it's a pool game. And again, um, obviously, you know, knowing both coaches, knowing both ADs real well, you know, we were in conversation with them um, and it's unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate and, you know, um, it, it it just is what it is so it, it really wasn't even necessarily like a, a short conference just like obviously we're will and i are the directors so we're lockstep in our conversations but um we just went straight to nfhs and yeah um the guidelines are pretty clear so it was just an unfortunate situation where you get to these games and they're tied in the second half and then um it is what it is
0: yeah if you're wor- if anybody's worried about uh, conflicts of interest, if if there's any team, it, it could hurt. It could be Friel Burrow because you know if Burrow gets to the point where hey maybe we needed somebody to win that game, it could happen. Again, that's that's we'll have to see how that <laughs> plays out. Don't want to get you in trouble with your own people. Um, no, not at all. Then the the second thing was th- there was a yellow card issue in mm. the Howell Homedale game. Mm-hmm. Howell's top scorer Nick DeTuro, got two yellows in the game that got restarted. I was at the game like and watching Nick plays as hard as anybody. These weren't like dirty plays. They weren't, it was just kind of playing hard and things happen. Um, so how did you guys, what was the, was there talk about how to levy that? Because if he got, he got sent off with a second yellow, that game would have been 11 on 10 the rest of the way. But because the lightning kicked in, it's a restart. So he's allowed to the, the cards count on his record. From what I understand for the suspension, if you get, was it four yellows you get, you have to sit a game. Yeah. They counted in that regard, but he's allowed to play in the restart with no cards on his, on his, uh, docket.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, certainly I got a bunch of phone calls about that tonight it happened. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, you know, we had a long conversation, um, as, as a team, you know, uh, Roger will and myself. Um, but we went to the rules again, we went to the NFHS rules, um, because it's not a straight red, uh, it's a double yellow, right. It
0: was a two yellows, not a straight red.
1: Right. Um, it, it, you know, there is no reason why, you know, he should have been suspended for, for the rematch. Um, I actually found out, um, you know, in doing, doing some research too, um, that if you get a red card, however, that's different. Yes, um, you know, according to the state and NFHS. So, because it wasn't a red, it was two yellows. Um, you know, he was obviously eligible to play in the next game. Um, so, again, these are not unilateral decisions um, made by anybody. You know, in our positions, we consult the rule book and we consult people. You know, um, who 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 wrote the rule book. So, um, that's that's really how that played out. And um, you know, it was it was interesting to see that game. Right. That game was, what was it was zero zero when it got stopped. Yeah. And then
0: up zero, they played 126 scoreless minutes. If yeah. you go back to the first game. Yeah. And, and, you know, fortu- unfortunately for him and I guess fittingly enough, Nick Totoro got two yellows in the second, in the second game as well. Um, You know, we could go into whether they were, you know, how fitting those cards were and how they fit in with the rest of the game. But I guess it all worked out because Hal had to play the last 10 minutes without him the last 12 minutes and they got the draw. Really good game and one of many in this tournament. Um yeah, but this is this has been a lot of fun so far. I was really looking forward to it because it is some I guess maybe I've been doing this long enough that anything new is exciting. Maybe other people thought, hey, what we were doing was fine, but it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of people in the state talking. It's certainly got a lot of people around the short conference talking. And that weather day notwithstanding, it's been it's been a pretty smooth experiment so far and we're gonna see how it how it turns out uh josh thank you for a few minutes we're gonna talk more about this tournament along the way with you and everybody else uh but i thought it was fitting to get your thoughts and some of the background on this tournament uh for our first interview slash podcast slash whatever we're calling it (laughs) for the 2023 boys soccer season so thanks again for the time
1: no i appreciate you man and um thanks for having me on all right thanks